Welcome to the weekly worship podcast from the Presbyterian Church in Morristown, where we pause our busy lives to dig deeper into our faith. If you enjoy what you hear, please subscribe, or if you have someone in your life that may be inspired by this message, please share it with them. Let's listen to how God might speak to us today, and remember to be the good in your community, a community that matters. Friends, our second reading today is from the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 4 through 12. Hear God's word to us today. Now there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are varieties of services, but the same Lord. And there are varieties of activities, but it is the same God who activates all of them in everyone. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. To one is given through the Spirit the utterance of wisdom, and to another the utterance of knowledge according to the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by the one Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another the discernment of spirits. To another, various kinds of tongues. To another, the interpretation of tongues. All these are activated by one and the same Spirit, who allots to each one individually, just as the Spirit chooses. For just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Spirit of the living God, fall afresh on us. Spirit of the living God, fall afresh on us. Melt us and mold us. Fill us and use us. Spirit of the living God, fall afresh now on each one of us. Amen. Well, friends, welcome to Thanksgiving Festival Sunday here at PCM. Thank you to our musicians and their leaders. Thank you to those who work with our young people as their teachers and their mentors. Thank you to those who serve on our AV and welcome teams. Thank you to those who provide hospitality each Sunday morning. Thank you to those who help straighten up and, and keep things tidy. Thank you for those who touch up the spots that need painting and who fix the things that need repairing. And thank you to you, all of you, for coming and giving life to this place. I have always thought of Thanksgiving as a uniquely American holiday. A few years ago, James and I took advantage of the extraordinarily cheap airfares at this time of year to visit a pastor friend who's serving a church in Scotland because even though airports and airplanes are full around this time of year, very few of us are actually traveling overseas. It turns out, however, eight countries observe an official Thanksgiving day. Argentina, Brazil, Canada, Japan, Korea, Liberia, Switzerland, and the United States. Our version, of course, is the only one that features the Mayflower and the Pilgrims, Plymouth Rock and the feast celebrating the friendship between the Puritans and the Native Americans. It is not quite so simple as we teach to our elementary school students the story of how Thanksgiving came to be. 
But it is sort of fun to, to learn that the first Thanksgiving actually lasted for over three days and featured not just turkey, but duck, geese, swans, deer, fish, beans, squash, corn soup, pumpkin, cornbread, and berries. It's a good and appropriate thing for us to say thank you to God for all of the blessings of life, and there are lots of ways to do that. As Alexandra mentioned, in addition to Thanksgiving Festival Sunday, it's also Commitment Sunday for our annual giving campaign. The pledge we make is another way to say thank you to God for the blessings of life. It's a response to what God has done and what God is doing. It's a way to offer our gratitude. And for what it's worth, making a pledge also helps us plan our budget for the year ahead. Have any of you heard of Paula White? No, she's an American televangelist, and she recently embarked on a First Fruits initiative, telling her congregation that they should honor God by putting God first in all that they do. And when they do that, she says, you will release financial miracles, opportunity, favor, and supernatural blessings for your entire year. Specifically, she wants people to honor God with a significant offering, the first fruits of the first month's income, one day's wages, one week's wages, maybe even one month's wages. And you can make your check out to Paula White Ministries. (laughs) Or for those of you who are here, you can make your checks out to Daniel Vigilante. That's V-I-G-I. I'm kidding, of course. The prosperity gospel is a way of thinking about God that believes physical well-being and financial blessing are the will of God. And if a person has faith, maintains a positive attitude, and makes donations to the right causes, material blessings will follow. An approach to faith that turns our relationship with God into a transactional one. If I do this for you, God, well then you are supposed to do this for me. It's almost the direct opposite of what we try to preach here, that life is precious and and wonderful. It is a gift to be celebrated and enjoyed. And as a response to that gift, we offer what we can in return. No transaction, just gratitude for the blessings of God's grace and love at work in our lives. There are lots of ways to say thank you to God. Now, there are a variety of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are a variety of services, but the same Lord. And there are varieties of activities, but it is the same God who activates all of them in everyone. This past week, I listened to the most lovely interview, a a podcast conversation between Kate Bowler, the best-selling author and professor at Duke Divinity School, who I quote all the time here, and David Brooks, the best-selling author and columnist and commentator. Brooks talks about a time about 10 years ago when life didn't feel so much like a gift. When he had gone through some professional humiliations and also a divorce. I was intensely lonely, he says, and I realized I had a lot of work friends, like people I could have lunch with and talk politics, but I I didn't have weekend friends. And if it was up to me to call somebody in a crisis, who would I call? 
I learned when you're in the valley like that, you can't pull yourself out. Somebody else has to do it. And so I got a lucky break, he goes on. I got invited to this couple's home in D.C., and they had a kid in the D.C. public schools, and their son had a friend named James whose mom had some health issues and some drug issues, and she couldn't always feed James. And they said, well, James can come and stay with us. And so, but then James had a friend, and that kid had a friend. So by the time I'm invited over there, Brooks says, there are 15 mattresses on the basement floor, and there were about 40 kids around the table. And so maybe there were, they were between the ages in those days, maybe between 16 and 20 or so, he says. And, and so I walk in, and there's this kid who greets me at the doorway, and I reach out to shake his hand. I'm David, Brooks says. Well, I'm Ed, but we're not allowed to shake hands here. We just hug here. And Brooks says, you know, I'm not like the huggiest guy, (laughs) but we hugged. And they come to mind as someone who helped me because their great skill was emotional openness. They beamed love at you, and they demanded that you beam it back. I love that. They beamed love at you, and they demanded that you beam it back. To one is given through the Spirit the utterance of wisdom, and to another the utterance of knowledge according to the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by the one Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another the discernment of spirits, to another various kinds of tongues, and to another the interpretation of tongues. All these are activated by one and the same Spirit who allots to each one individually just as the Spirit chooses. Kate Bowler responds to Brooks, I've heard from a lot of people when they're like in the valley moment that one of the factors that pulled them up seems counterintuitive because you think, well, I'm in this time in which I need to receive, but it actually is in giving, she says. That's a strange alchemy. Brooks replies, You know, there's this saying, I have to love myself before I can love others. I think that's backwards. That we actually have to see ourselves loving. He quotes the theologian Paul Tillich, that moments of suffering interrupt your life and remind you that you're not the person that you thought you were. They carved through the floor of what you thought was the basement of your soul and revealed a cavity below. And then they carved through the floor and revealed another cavity below. And so in those moments, he says, you're aware of the depths of yourself and you realize that only emotional and spiritual food will fill those depths. I mean, it's, it's just an absolutely beautiful conversation and you'll hear more of it actually at our candlelight service on Christmas Eve. Or you could just go ahead and listen for yourself. But I'm struck by that thought, that strange alchemy of counterintuitive thinking that we have to see ourselves loving. We think this is the time in which I need to receive, but it was actually in giving. And what is this but the time for giving thanks? And there are lots of ways to say thank you to God. When I was in England a few weeks ago, we were in Plymouth, and we saw the Mayflower Steps, the staircase which the pilgrims departed 
for the New World. And did you know that they were actually supposed to land much further to the south? That the voyage was actually sponsored by the Virginia Company? And that there are varying stories about just how they ended up landing in Massachusetts instead and naming their settlement Plymouth Rock? Well, just about 100 years after that first Thanksgiving, some people here in our area started organizing a congregation of Presbyterians in Morristown. And using their gifts and giving back to God, they came together to form this church. Well, not this one exactly, but this congregation in 1733. And my, how we have received from their generosity. Not so long ago, it occurred to some of us that this is 2023. And that 10 years from now, it will be 2033, and that 2033 will be the 300th anniversary of our church. What a completely remarkable thing, right? Our session, the church's governing board, has asked our nominating committee to put together a steering team of folks from our congregation to help us think through the ways that we should mark this incredible occasion Maybe there will be three days of feasting with duck and geese, swans, deer, fish. Nah, probably not. But how do we want to celebrate? How do we tell our story? Who do we want to be when we get there? What will our congregation look like ten years from now? What do we need to do to ensure that our congregation will thrive for another 300 years? And most importantly, how do we say thank you to God for the blessings of life and for this community of faith? We plan to commission this steering committee at the annual meeting of the congregation in early 2024 as we begin this 10-year countdown to our 300th anniversary. And the wonderful thing is that in the meantime, God's Holy Spirit is moving in this place just like it always has. Maybe our spiritual gifts don't look exactly the same as they did with the community that was gathered in Corinth or in Plymouth or when this congregation was first founded, but I have seen the gifts of God that are given to you. The gift of hospitality and making people feel welcome, the gift of prayer and lifting up others with God's comfort and peace. The gift of finances and generosity to share your resources so that we can serve God and God's people in this community. The gift of music and song to praise God. The gift of teaching to pass on our faith to our children. The gift of discernment as elders. The gift of compassion as deacons. The gift of service as you participate in the work of outreach. The list goes on and on and on. We all have gifts. And when the Holy Spirit moves among us, those gifts are are amplified. They are activated by God. How can we not be joyful and thankful that no matter where we are or where we go, God is with us? And I'm missing a page to the sermon, but maybe it's an appropriate ending anyway. (laughs) This has never happened to me before. (laughs) But what a remarkable thing. 300 years. 
What a remarkable thing to think the Holy Spirit is moving even here and even now, even in you and even in me. And that thanks be to God, this place will be here for 300 more. Can I get an amen? Amen. Thanks be to God. Thank you for listening with us today. If you enjoyed what you heard, please subscribe. Or if you have someone in your life that may be inspired by this message, please share it with them. Visit us at www.pcmorristown.org or find us on YouTube, Instagram, and Facebook to stay connected with our church. But most of all, remember to be the good in your community, a community that matters.